Hello football fans and welcome to View from the Sideline podcast. Coming up this week, we take a look back at the Premier League action from the weekend, with VAR making a timely return at the King Power as Leicester get the better of Spurs. City smash eight past Watford and Liverpool make it six from six with a win at Stamford Bridge. Pete returns with another teaser and we've got a new leader in the predictions challenge. There's an update on our FA Cup feature and Chris has more stats in the wonders of white. Lots to get through this week, so let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the second series of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Rich here and as always Chris is with us. Hi Chris. Hello Rich, you alright? Yeah, I'm good. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad mate. Not too good. bad. Good. Lots of football to talk about this week. Um, but before we do, before we kick off, we are just going to give a shout out to a new Instagram page that's uh, recently started. So set piece shirts. Uh, so retro football shirts are back in fashion. Um, everyone seems to be seems to be getting involved, but we just want to give a special shout out to yeah set piece shirts. So uh, they've been kind enough to uh, donate a Liverpool shirt to us, which uh, we're going to be giving away, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. So uh, just just a few details on this. Now we will be putting it out on our social media channels, but. For people that are listening to this episode, you can get a bit of a head start if you were, if you are interested in getting hold hold of this shirt. So we have a 1982 Liverpool away shirt, so the yellow uh, crown paints kit, which is a retro reproduction uh, with an Ian Rush shirt. So we've got Rush and number nine on the back. So. All you need to do to be in with a chance of getting your hands on this shirt is liking our Instagram page, so View from the Sideline Pod, and also liking the Set Piece Shirts page. If you like both pages, then uh, you'll be entered into the draw. Like I say, there will be another chance to enter when it um, all goes out online. Um, The shirt is an extra large, but it's a bit of a small extra large so if you're a large it's probably about right for you um so yeah so like our page on instagram like the set piece shirts page on instagram and you'll be in it with a chance of, of winning it so we'll get some pictures online later this week i think chris and then yes yeah and then we'll um we'll put all the um entry requirements on there again and obviously the time uh, that you guys have to uh, to enter yeah, but if you're listening to this episode... You've obviously um, got a head start. Yeah, you've got a bit of a head start. So, okay, that bit's out of the way. The admin's out of the way. So uh, we'll get into this week's episode. Uh, so we'll start off with Pete's teaser. So what have you got for us this week, Pete? Okay, Rich, here we go. This week's question. How many football teams with the word City in their name have played in the Premier League? Good one. Good one, Pete. I like that. Yeah. Hopefully a bit easier than last week's. (laughs) So last week was the uh, the first one we have got wrong. So we're four and one for this season so far. Um, So we'll come back to that teaser at the end of the episode. So we'll get into the Premier League review. 
Um, I think after this weekend's action, there's probably only one place to start. Um, <laughs> well, this is where we are starting, Chris, before we get mixed up on what game we're going to. So, Man City-Watford. 5-0 after 18 minutes, I think it was, which is the... Bad. It's, I think it's the quickest the quickest time a team's got to 5-0 in, in Premier League history. Um, finished at 8. Um, I think could have been a lot worse for, for Watford, but Norwich last week, is it, is it, was it just a blip? Has, has normal think, service yeah. been resumed? Well, I think, well, I think <laughs> I, you know, I think it made them slightly angry that they lost to Norwich. And... Um, yeah, they they did not hold back on, on Watford. I did feel a bit sorry for Watford, but you know it was an absolute masterclass from Man City. Really, um, like you said, five five up within the first like seventeen eighteen minutes. Um, you know, I I've never I've I've actually seen a game live where I've seen eight goals being scored, um, but. I can't imagine what it probably feels like if you're in in the stadium itself and your team's uh, losing eight nil. Um, but yeah, I, think it, I, I wonder if it. I, I imagine that it dulls the atmosphere completely because if you're a, even if you're a City fan, as much as you want to see the team score as many goals as they can, that, that as a competitive spectacle, the game's almost over within twenty minutes. It's yeah, and it it kind of re- it reminded me actually. I'm not, can you remember last season when they beat Chelsea six nil or six? What came over six nil six one? At the end, yeah, yeah, and they scored four goals in about twenty three minutes. So I can kind of <laughs> I can kind of like uh, you know relate slightly to it, but um, such a strange, strange game. Um, but you can't. Re- I don't think you can really, you know. Unfortunately, Watford were being picked off left, right, and centre. But but obviously, Bernardo Silva scoring a hat trick, which is obviously probably of all the goal scorers, probably stood out the most. Um, but like I said, it could have been more. Foster made some good saves second half, but I think it was clear to see second half Man City kind of just. You know, it was almost like a training game for them, I think, in the end. It, it was strange because we were talking about De Bruyne not playing last week against Norwich or, or not starting. Yeah. So he, he starts this week, but no Raheem Sterling. So he was He's an unused bench, sub. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't get on at all. Um, so I don't know if that sort of debunks what we were talking about last week with, with De Bruyne not starting. I mean, I, I think he, he he makes them tick. I think De Bruyne and Sterling both give something different. Um, but it was interesting that Sterling didn't get on at all. I know they really didn't need him in the end, the way it worked out. Oh, no. But it, it was strange that you've got Watford, who came out of a really good point against Arsenal the week before, a, a great second half performance into that game. And I know we'll talk about Arsenal later, but Arsenal sort of did the exact reverse where they had a poor second half and then went into the game and played well. Um, Watford have got, I mean, they're still without a win. Uh, they're next to that. They're, they're away to Wolves this coming weekend. Then they're home to Sheffield United. So their team's, in, well, especially Wolves. I mean, Wolves are second bottom, I think they are. So that that's almost becoming a, a, a pretty critical game this coming weekend. If, if Wolves 
get the win in that match, then that gap starts to get a bit bigger. Um, but I, I think it's, a, it, I guess it's almost a free hit for Watford that I don't think anyone sort of expected them yeah. to go and, and, and well, win. But I think it was just the scoreline, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, 8-0 was a bit a bit extreme. But I think it, it, I think it shows, if anything, that City aren't going away. I mean, I, I think the oh, Norwich no. game probably just was a blip. Um, and they're right back in form. So, uh, three points for them keep, keeps the pressure on at the top. Uh, so, we just mentioned Arsenal. So, Arsenal-Villa. What a game this was. This was uh, a really good game, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, quite, it was good for the neutral. Very sort of topsy-turvy. Mm. Um, for me, the, the, the turning point was the sending off, but it was almost the sending off was the turning point. Well, it actually helped, for, didn't it? It actually absolutely. Looked, you know, it felt like it helped Arsenal more than it helped Villa. And, you know, this is the second game in a row where Villa have, have ended up playing against 10 men and, and not really got too much out of either games, to be honest. Um, when it was 11 v 11, I thought, I thought they were Villa the best were team. The better side. They were. Yeah, they were the better team. And, and McGinn, and McGinn, you know, throughout the whole game, I think he was probably their best player, to be fair. Um, but the, the one player that stood out for me for Arsenal was Gwen Doozy. Uh, I have mentioned him before on. On here, he's having a good um, season. He's such a good player. So, he, he seems to be able to read the game so well, and and, and he's, he's got a really good range of passing on him as well. Um, you know they'll, you know, they they should really try and tie him down to a long term contract before you know because he he is a very very good player. Um, I still, yeah, I, still just, I mean, I, st- I still like I still... Arsenal going forward, but I, st- I still think defensively they're they're struggling. So I don't. Yeah. I think that's they haven't kept a clean sheet since the first game of the season, so the one nil win against Newcastle, and in the five games since then, that's ten goals conceded. Dav- now. Well, so Dav- two Dav- a game. David Louise wasn't there for the first. He didn't play first game of the season. So. Well, no, that is true. <laughs> there's, there's your hands over there, look, mate. That is true. Um, but I, I think we agreed we shouldn't class him as a defender. Oh, yeah. But, but um, I, I, I think I think Villa will be kicking themselves a bit, really, because it it was, in my view, it was a silly challenge to give away the penalty. Um. It, it was it felt a bit clumsy um and as soon as the as, as soon as arsenal get that penalty as soon as they score i know they went 2-1 down pretty quick after but i think it gives them that momentum and when when it, them, it? it just yeah and when it went back to 2-2 i think even with 10 men i always thought that arsenal would probably go on and win it yeah um so i think from a villa perspective there's i mean I guess there's two things to finish it off. The, the, the handball. I thought that was. I, I, I thought that was a penalty. Why? Why is that not reviewed? I don't know. I I personally thought that was a, a penalty. I've, you've, we've seen. I think everybody did. Already. I think yeah. even Arsenal fans probably thought it was. So, but I mean, take that out. I think Villa Villa will probably take away from it that there needs to be some improvement on their game management. They're, they're a man yeah. up, they're a goal up. Ad- admittedly, they're away to Arsenal. Arsenal have got a frightening sort of front line, but they, I kind of feel that it was in their hands to win it, and it's going to be points dropped for them, I think. Whereas oh, yeah. going to Arsenal and getting even a point would have been a good result. But um, 
So, but a, a good three points for Arsenal. Complete reversal for how they were in the second half against Watford. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe they should play with ten men more often. Um, so we'll go to to your boys, Chris, Chelsea, Liverpool, Stamford Bridge. A, a great game for a Ooh, neutral, a I think. And I think I think Chelsea did themselves. We came out of that with some credit. Thought, yeah, well, I, you know, that we went, you know, two 0 down. But I have to mention that the, the goal that was disallowed. It's it's um, he is offside. You know, we I I can't complain that he's offside. But it's how how many you know how many seconds into the game does it have to be for it not to to, to obviously get it disallowed because. You know, there's at least six, seven pass sequences after that. The, the ball's gone in the back of the net. It just seems like it's a very long time. But know, I think, I think it's, that. I think but. it's because the assistant referee doesn't see it, therefore doesn't flag. So, if if it doesn't end up being a goal or a goal scoring opportunity, they're not going to review it. If Liverpool get that ball and just clear it my assumption would be that they would just play on. Yeah. But the fact the ball ended up in the net, that is why they check it. Yeah. R- regardless look- of whether it's five seconds later, 15, 20 mm-hmm. seconds later, that they'll go back to look at it. Um, but, you know, 2 nil down off of second half, I thought we were, we were by far the better team. I thought there was moments where, you know, Liverpool's defence, you know, couldn't cope at times with, with us going forward and Kante's goal was you know I don't know if he meant to finish it like that but it was it was some finish from him and I think now he's back um, I thought we looked a lot better um, in, in the middle with him playing there um, I thought yeah, was, we, had chances, was, it... we had chances I, I thought I thought I thought we should have got at least a point to be fair on, on that second half display I thought we probably deserve to get another goal. Batshuayi missed a good chance, and uh, Mount had a good chance as well. But you know, I, it, a, for me, a it draw, didn't feel... a draw wouldn't have been a bad result. No, it I, didn't. I it didn't really, it didn't I feel like think. a defeat for me. I know we lost the game, but to me, I thought you know there was a lot to take from that game. As I before the game, I would have you know a point would probably been the best I thought we could have got. But seeing the performance second half, I think. You know, uh, yeah. there, there was the what what I found quite impressive from a Chelsea point of view was, and they they've done that in this in a lot of games this season. They start really well, the sort of first five, ten, fifteen minutes. They're taking it to the opposition, whether they're home or away. And even the early goal from Liverpool, I think Alexander Arnold scored fourteen, fifteen minutes. It it didn't seem to knock Chelsea from their stride. They kept to their oh, game plan. Uh, yeah. If you're going to be, maybe not even critical, the Firmino goal was disappointing because yeah, from a defensive uh, point of view, yeah, I wouldn't have thought he he wouldn't be sort of top of my list of sort of dangerous people in the air uh, in the Liverpool side. But he's got a free header from six yards out, um, and that 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 took a little bit of stuffing out of Chelsea, I think, but because it was so soon after the disallowed goal. So you're going from one, one to two nil down in, in the space of like five minutes, which I know Lampard said after the game that when you have a goal and the the stadium celebrating, the team is celebrating, and then it sort of 
disallowed through VAR, it it does give the opposition that sort of impetus a bit, and it deflates the team that have had the goal disallowed. If if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that was maybe a bit of a killer blow, but. Does it concern you no home wins this season? So Leicester, Sheffield United and Liverpool. Uh, Three games well, played, no no home may, win yet. Maybe the Sheffield United one, but the Leicester one and the Liverpool one I'm not too fussed by, to be fair. Obviously, we lost the Champions League as well to Valencia at home. But, um, just, yeah, just, we've, got just... we've got Grimsby tomorrow, so I'm a bit more hopeful tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. But we should just mention that obviously there's the... Uh, EFL Cup going on tonight. So we've got uh, Spurs, Colchester, that's nil-nil. Southampton are 1-up against Portsmouth in the South Coast derby. Uh, Leicester 2-0 up. Man City 3-0 up. Everton 2-0. Watford 1-0. Arsenal Nottingham Forest 0-0. I think Saints may have just scored again. So it may be 2-0. But anyway, uh, we'll keep you up to date on those scores. Just one last thing on that game. Uh, something I noticed from from watching the highlights, Liverpool's bench. It didn't seem to be the most, but the, the strongest bench for us for us for, for a side that is six from six. So I mean, take that as you will. That maybe they don't need a strong bench because they're starting eleven so good. But they, their bench didn't sort of fill me with confidence with regards to options so they had Brewster Gomez uh subkeeper Lalana Milner Oxley Chamberlain and Shakiri. I mean there is some talent there but I think if you if you compare it to the Chelsea bench so Alonso Barkley Batshuayi Pedro Pulisic and Kurt Zuma I'd, I'd even go as far as to say Chelsea had a better bench yeah, but then you look on the pitch. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, but I, I'm talking. I'm talking about it. From, yeah, from, yeah. From, a, from a squad perspective. Yeah. That if you took the the City squad against the Liverpool squad, City's bench is is a lot stronger than Liverpool's. Definitely. Um, I know. Just an observation. Uh, just to go back to the EFL, so Saints are two 0 up, uh, and Arsenal have just taken the lead against Nottingham Forest. Spurs are nil-nil against Colchester, but we'll uh, we'll brush over that. So uh, we'll stay in London. So we we'll go to the uh, West Ham Man United game. I don't. Uh, it didn't really seem to kick off until sort of towards the end of the first half. There wasn't really a lot of action. But what what is going on at United? I, I think we've we've got to give West Ham credit here. So not. To speak about how bad United are, the whole for the whole review. But they what, just, what what's going their, on there? Yeah, West Ham took their chances, and a very vulnerable-looking Manchester United squad. I think it has to be said. But um, I think the whole situation was summed up well by Gary Neville um, when he when he said how much money that they had spent in the last sort of seven, eight seasons, and then you look at the the kind of the front three in the midfield that they ended the game with on um, Sunday. Uh, where where is the money going? Like where where is it gone? It's just you know you've. I got... think I think there's a there's a five five hundred million net spend since Moyes well, since Ferguson left. It's, cra- it's just crazy. It, it, 
they don't. They have one pretty much one striker and one who's now injured. Who's injured, <laughs> and you know they are in. Uh, what baffles me is they've had money to spend this summer, yet for me Chelsea's side look better than than them. I, I know they are above us in the league, but and they beat us four nil, but. They they just look on the ropes at the moment, and I know that they've bought Maguire, but he's he's not lived up to that price tag that they've paid. But I'd... do you not think do you not think they strengthened in the wrong areas? I mean, the, the, their defense from last year to this year, player for player, I think their defense is, yeah, better. That is better. But you've <laughs> got to look at who's gone. So Ander Herrera's gone. Uh, Lukaku's gone, Sanchez has gone, and as, and as little as Sanchez was playing, he was still an option. He was a forward option for them, they just which they now no longer have. They just, I, I, I know, I'm, you know, he is trying to give some of the youth um, a chance, but they just don't seem good enough. They've got no one on the pitch to lead them. I think that they don't have. I don't think he's you know, playing the youth in the them. Premier League, though. Well, I mean, no, he, Europa League against Astana, yeah, I, I think he did, and they sort of scraped well, through that. He, one bought, nil, he but... bought some of the youngsters on. on, 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 on yeah, but he, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's doing that in the in the Premier League. I mean, Pogba and Martial, I think, are the two big misses for for United. I know Luke Shaw's injured as well, but Pogba and Martial are probably the ones that are going to give them that something different. But do you think adding those two players? Is enough to make United a top four, even a top six no. side. Well, I'm not sure top... it is. Not really, but again, Gary Neville saying that you know how much it's going to cost in the region of 500, 600 million to get that Manchester United squad into a, a, a top four team. You know, I, and he's probably right because it... the amount of the amount that they would need to spend to improve that squad, they need. I'd say they need at least two free midfielders and probably, uh, you know, at least two or three attackers as well. I just... I think think we'll have to wait and see how much time Solskjaer gets Um, because there's a lot of fans over the weekend that were saying it's going to be a three, four, five-year project. I, I don't think the fans or the club are going to be that patient. No. Um, so it'd be they've, interesting to see to see Arsenal how long he lasts next Monday. That's a big, big game. Yeah, that's a huge game. Huge game. But on on the flip side, so West Ham unbeaten since the opening day, three what? wins in their last four, three clean sheets in a row. Oh, no, not Noble. He's such a good player, isn't he? I mean, he? He's like he's probably quite underrated. I would say he's. Um, I like he's... the look of West Ham this season. I think that they have the. The, the capability to remove that sort of inconsistency tag that I think they get labelled with quite a lot. Yeah, the, the striker that they've added, that hello, he, he does look like a very, very good striker. So, when when you looked at the starting lineups, there's there's there was a lot of West Ham fans that that were saying that it was the first time in a long time that they'd gone to they'd gone to a match against Man United and actually thought that they were going to win. And when you looked at the starting 11s, even the sort of squad as a whole, I think, I think I'd think i be picking the majority of the West Ham players, especially at the yeah. moment, especially yeah. how they're playing. They're, they're playing really well. 
Yeah, Milenko's um, just come back from injury, a long-term injury. Yeah, I like he's, him. He's almost yeah, like, I like a new, him as a player. He's, he's almost like a new sign-in for them as well, isn't he? Because yeah, obviously he did play a lot last season. So. Yeah. Okay, just, just one last one before we move on this. Just a yes or no. So, if you remember last year, we did our we did our Premier League eleven. Yeah. Uh, would you still put De Gea in? Yes or no? No. No. Would you put Lloris in? No. No. <laughs> no, I don't think I would I'd have the man. I'd have the man in between the sticks at Liverpool. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of us would. Um, so uh, we go to the King Power next. So Leicester two, Spurs one. Um, I think I, the, I the big talking this. point in this one is the VAR decision. Is 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 someone literally got a ruler out or something? To, it's just so, it's lit marginal marginal. I I don't I don't know how they actually measure it, but if if you're in a world that where VAR doesn't exist, so last season that is a goal, and yeah. I don't think there's any discussion no one, about no. it. That because the, he looks, the benefit goes to the to the attacker. Side. Yeah, if he looks level at worst, I think so. A level decision, you would always go with the benefit of the attacker. I don't. I don't think there's any debate. Now, this is where I struggle a little bit with it, because there's two VAR decisions in that game. That the, Leicester had a goal in the first half disallowed, and I think it was rightly disallowed because because yeah. Perez. I think it was Perez was offside. Offside. Now, if you're going by the rules, by the letter of the law, Son is offside. Whether he's offside by. A, two, a toe, or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever yes, yeah, part yeah. of him that they're measuring is offside, he is offside. But I just think that, and this isn't as a Spurs fan, um, because I'll come on to the game in a second, but it it just seems too close to call that you can call that offside. Because when you look at the the blue and the red line that they use with, with VAR, it looks, it looks. I mean, <laughs> 75, 80% of the line, maybe even more than that, they're overlapping. Yeah. Uh, that That's the tightest I one I thought yet. it was hard. I thought it I thought Patterson But he's offside. He's offside. I don't, he's offside. You can't argue with it. But it's, but it's, it's the problem. Hard. Yeah, it's just not But I think... Though. As far as the game goes, I, I thought Spurs started pretty well. I thought the attackers were finding space, especially Lamella. Um, it was quite an open game. I thought both teams looked dangerous. It was pretty end-to-end. Um, the issue for me at the moment with Spurs, now it, it's been highlighted their away record, so haven't won away since beating Fulham in January. Now, that's a long time. Um, I didn't realise it was that lot. I didn't yeah, but again, I kind of think it's the Champions League that sort of masked a lot of this. And I, I kind of feel, and it's not just because of this defeat, I think it's more the way Spurs are playing. Um, they can't hold a lead at the moment. I'm, I'm actually making myself try and dislike Poch a little bit because I think he's going to go. Now, I think... Do, what, that, do you think he'll go... Under his terms, or I think I think there'll be some sort of mutual agreement at at some point, probably at the end of the season. Do you just I think have... they need a bit of a ref- uh, like a refresh, or is it just that you think that I kind of feel that go, I kind of feel that the group on. of players have peaked, and I 
I do feel that there's something in this that he may have taken them as far as he can. Now, from a team perspective, Ndombele has, I think he's played really well. He's been a really good signing. I've I've gone the other way on Ericsson. I would actually rather he goes because he just does not seem that interested. Because mind is not in. If no, I don't think it is. And if he's going to start on the bench, I don't see how that benefits Spurs. He's not. Really, I don't think he's an impact. I don't think he's that sort of player. That's gonna... no. But if we if we're going to rely on him for the last ten fifteen minutes of games to get us back into it, if we need to get a goal. I don't think he's involved enough to have an impact in such a short yeah. space of time. The interesting thing for me will be when all the players are fit. When Eric, I mean Eric Dyer and Deli Alley are both playing tonight. But when when they're back fully fit, when Celso's fit, I think there's going to be it'll be interesting to see what what team Poch goes with. I mean, even when Yama, I mean he came on as a sub at the weekend, but I'm not sure what he gives us anymore I think he's sort of gone the other way but I don't I don't want to pin it all on this one thing but I have massively uh, reduced my expectations for Spurs well, um, this season and did, I, I did think you, I, I think a cup runs are going to be our thing this season did you miss Larice this weekend well it, it's strange you say that because um obviously he wasn't playing because I think his wife had given birth or, or yeah, was in labour yeah, yeah. and I, I was actually saying during the game that I felt confident with Gazaniga in goal because I think he has played well for Spurs when he's played recently. Yeah. And it was literally about five seconds before he <laughs> spilt the shot that led to the first goal, which was then disallowed. Um, I don't think I, I don't think he's our problem. I don't think the goalie's our problem. I think we just cannot seem to keep a lead. Um, um, just a quick thing on Leicester Madison. I thought had a had a really good game, and he did. He's the... who I want. That's who I want. I want him at Spurs. <laughs> and the Leicester defender, the Tur- I think he's Turkish. I cannot pronounce his name. He's their new signing, but I it begins with an S. But he had a really good game as well. Yes, he did. Yeah, I know who you mean. Um, but yeah, I mean. I don't know. This this for me is a critical season for Spurs. And that game was quite interesting for me in the respect of I feel like Leicester are where Spurs were three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're on the up, whereas I feel Spurs are almost on the curve coming back down. And I'm not giving up hope or anything like that. I just... Yeah, it's just, just being disappointing. honest. Yeah. After the Champions League midweek as well, I think it's difficult nice. to be positive and... We're nil-nil against Colchester at halftime in the League Cup, but the 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 next three games for Spurs are crucial. Starting uh, against Saints at home on Saturday, there's three more than winnable games. That if we come out the other side with nine points, it could be different. Um, but we'll we'll move on. So again, that was a good link there because we're going to Saints next. The Saints Bournemouth three-one Bournemouth. Good, uh, yeah, a good win for Bournemouth and and Wilson. You know, an outstanding performance from him. Um, obviously, I think he's again. I've, I've, I'm backing him for another England call up. Um, and I, with Rashford potentially injured as well, I think he, he will definitely get a call up now. But Bournemouth flying high at the moment. 
it was it was a it, it was one of those games where stats meant nothing. So six no. Saints had sixty five percent possession and twenty five attempts at goal to Bournemouth six. Yeah, Bournemouth one three one. And I mean the the third goal was terrible, wasn't it? Really, yeah. the mix up was awful. Um, just obviously another thing, Bournemouth. They they they, te- they do tend to start the seasons pretty well, and and they have drifted off. I remember last season they they started well, and then I think we were praising them up until November December, and then they went on a really awful run. And I think that's something that they need to they do need to watch out. I think and, that's why I, I think that was my main thinking behind why I put them to go. Yeah, down. you said you were going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm well, almost kind of hoping for a mid-season collapse from them. Yeah, but they're in the top. Well, I think they're in the top six at the moment. Um, so. It's funny you should say about Hotch just a second ago about him. You know, maybe moving on. I have, I have, I had a question down for you. I had Eddie Howe. What are your thoughts? Question mark. So, would he be someone that you think could take over at Tottenham and do something, or do you think that's a little bit out of his remit? I don't think it's out of his remit. Um, he's quite similar to Poch, I think, in the regards of developing and nurturing homegrown or young talent if you like I think he would he would do well at Spurs there and I think he plays the sort of football that you would normally associate with Spurs um I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with it but I don't I'm not convinced he's a big enough name that they would if if Poch was to go and then the remit for Spurs is to go to the next level. I'm not sure Eddie Howe is the person to take them to the next level. But if if it was to happen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about it. Uh, I think he will manage England at one point in his career, by the way, I do think that he will be. He was heavily, I'm sure he was heavily linked with Arsenal when Wenger was, or announced he was going. I think, He's a good manager. There, there was some link. Uh, there was some link there. No, I think he is a good manager. I'm just, it's it's kind of like Sean Dyche, isn't it? Would you put Sean Dyche in a top six side? Would you put Eddie Howe in a top six it, side? Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. But a good manager. Um, and a great win for Bournemouth. A great win. So back to back wins for them. So up into the top six, having a decent start to the season. Um, Everton. Everton, Sheffield United, Everton back to their old tricks. Uh, It it almost felt, and it doesn't do Sheffield United justice at all, but it's the only phrase I could kind of think of. It was almost like a smash and grab. Well, yeah. They soaked up so much pressure and then they got the two goals almost against the run of play, but looked comfortable throughout the whole game. Their own manager after the game said it was the worst performance of the season that they haven't. They won (laughs) 2 Yeah, three of the last no, four. No. For I Everton. see a lot of people three defeats in the last for the manager to go as well. I've seen it on Twitter since the game, saying that he should step down, but I don't think. Well, he one will. of the key things for me was the reaction from the Everton fans at the end. I mean, there was pretty loud booing. Yeah, um, and I. This is definitely a game where I think the focus is on Everton, but it should be on Sheffield United. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. they just they didn't let Everton play. 
you you could tell from watching the game, Sheffield United were more than happy for Everton to have the ball out wide and just get the crosses in because they were dealing with the crosses. I think Everton almost played straight into Sheffield United's hands and I thought it was a fantastic performance. I don't think yeah. anyone would have had that um, for United to come away with a win because not a lot of teams will go there and not a lot of teams will go there and keep a clean sheet. Well, yeah, 16, um, 16 games unbeaten away from home they are now. Yeah, and the money Everton spent, and I, I think there was a bit, some hope, if you like, hope or expectation that they may break into the top six oh. or even the top four. I, and I know Moise Keane's getting some, well, he, getting he started, some stick. He but... started, and he started at the weekend, and he he didn't actually play that bad, to be fair. I think it's more the it's the service into him wasn't wasn't that great. I uh, mean, he, but... he, he, he's trying his hardest. I think what we need to remember is he's only sort of 19. He's come... Come to a different country, he's adapting to the game. I don't. I think he's the wrong person to be pointing the finger at, to be honest. But a great win for Sheffield United. Everton home to City next week, I think. It's going to be a tough game. Um, if they don't get something there, they, they could start dropping. Um, Burnley, Norwich. So... Is it is Norwich, it the, you know, or is it like watching a completely different team in Burnley? I, I just, I'm I'm going to say this now. I think that they could be a dark horse for a top eight finish this season. It it it's um, it's quite amazing what no Europa League football does for yeah. you. Uh, it it wasn't as close as I thought it would, but I guess Norwich coming off the oh, yeah. back of the win against it. I mean, they've still got seven or eight first team players out. So that's never good. Uh, the the thing for me was in this one, I know it was two nil at the time, so it wasn't as relevant, but Ashley Barnes for the penalty. Uh, that's another one where I don't understand why VAR didn't pick it up. Come, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't, just doesn't seem yeah, I VARs had one, head of, one of those weekends. <laughs> if I don't know the weekend, I, I if, just, if this yeah. if this was last season and the refs were having that, we'd all be calling for them not to ref a game the following weekend. But well, there you go. Yeah. But um, another good three points for Burnley. Two goals for for Chris Wood. So um, I think the two goals hit Norwich pretty quickly. Um, Got to stun them a little bit. I think I didn't think you know. Yeah. I didn't think that they but, lived up to the hype of the previous week, but like no, you said, they are missing. A, they are missing a lot of players, but you know, f- but, fair play to yeah, Burnley. Burnley looked in control, so yeah, good three points. Um, now, Selhurst Park, Palace v Wolves. Now, if there was ever a game of two halves, this was it. Um, so, I still quite can't quite believe it, but Wolves are still without a league win this season. Um, and in my view, they should have been two or three up at half time. How they went in at nil nil, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, the Palace keeper made some made some great saves, but still, Palace were not in the game at all in the first half. Then, second half, the 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 shot was. It was just. It's just typical of the game. Joel Ward has a shot, and I'm sure it's going about ten, twelve feet wide. Takes a huge deflection. Um, wrong foots the keeper and, and goes in so Palace are one nil up. Then you've got the sending off, so two bookings. Again, if you if you're playing Zaha and you're on a yellow card, 
take, back take off him. off. You, I think you've got to, yeah, get the guy off or back <laughs> off him at least. Yeah. Don't, don't go tight to him. So Wolves are down to 10 men. Then Palace should be two or three up. Benteke has a great chance. Schlupp has a great chance. Almost comes back to like the Villa bit. It's game management. Um, five minutes into injury time, Zaha loses the ball. Sort of midway through the Wolves half. Goes up. Cross comes in. Joel Ward is literally doing an audition for Dancing on Ice. Where he he's like trying to do the worm dance or something. So he tries <laughs> he, he tries to head a ball. Yeah. Which if he if he literally stands still, it's going to hit his his knee or his shin and be cleared. But he decides to try and head it, and then I think it was Diego Jota just 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 put it in. Well, this is the um, second. I was, I swear earlier on in the season, Wolves scored in like the ninety fifth, ninety sixth minute to to get a draw as well. So it's not the first time that they've done this. You've just um, got to see Roy Hodgson's reaction. I mean, I know he's annoyed, but. Being Roy Hodgson, he he doesn't show much anger. He he sort of hits the one of the dugout chairs, but almost sort of taps it. But you can tell he's angry. <laughs> like it's, it's quite amusing. But yet Palace have got they've got to be disappointed with that. They they should have won that game based on the second half. I think overall a draw was probably a fair can result. Can anyone but... remember the last time Ben Teke scored a goal? Well, I actually thought he'd been playing quite well this season. Um, but uh, maybe I'm watching no, a different not. game. <laughs> I, I think Palace might struggle this year. I, I think it's... I, I think not cashing in on Zaha and reinvesting the money might come back to haunt them. I mean, they may well yeah. have sold him and not bought anybody in, but um, I think it may come back to haunt them. But uh, Wolves, Wolves will pick up at some point, I'm sure. Uh, so the last game, Newcastle Brighton. Two, two nil, words. Nil. Two words. Andy Carroll. <laughs> I think he got yeah, the biggest. That's, that's, the biggest that's ovation. What the commentator Andy. said. Yeah. That, I mean, the highlight for me was the the Shah clearance because that's oh, yeah, as good as yeah, yeah, that's as good as a goal yeah. for me. Um, but there were some stats coming into this game. So Newcastle have only scored one goal. I hope I'm not sealing this from you again. No, I tend no, to do safe. this. You're safe. Okay, Newcastle have only scored one goal against Brighton in their last four meetings, and only four goals in total have been scored in those four matches. So I think nil-nil was a was a pretty good yeah. bet on that one. But good to see Andy Carroll back as well. You know, he he got a great reception from the Newcastle fans. So. I think he'll yeah. do a job for them. I think he's he'll only do there a job. for a year. Uh, he only got a year contract, so he needs to do a job. Otherwise, he'll be. Uh... He's on pay as you play or something, I think, isn't he? Well, at least he earned a little uh, bit of money then. Yeah, well, like he needs it. So Newcastle away at Leicester, Brighton away uh, at your place at Chelsea. Um, I've got one more stat. I'm going to finish on the stat. So Brighton have only conceded eight goals so far this year, but four of them were away at City. So they are proving to be a hard team to break down. That's good Good uh, luck for well you done. next week. Well yeah. yeah. Okay, so that wraps up the Premier League review for this week. So we'll be back in part two where we'll start off with the EFL review. Hello and welcome back to part two of View from the Sideline podcast. 
so we're going to get straight into the EFL review, uh, starting with the championship. So Leeds remain top on goal difference after a one-all draw at home to Derby. It did look like all three points were going to go to Leeds until a 91st minute equaliser from Chris Martin meant that Derby left Ellen Road with a point. Leeds also missed a second half penalty in that match, which would have seen them go 2-0 up. Uh, Swansea remained second. Uh, they also got a point in a 0-0 draw away at seventh place Bristol City. Both results mean the top two have still only suffered one defeat each so far this season. Preston, West Brom, QPR and Forest all won at the weekend and are the teams currently occupying the playoff places. At the bottom, Huddersfield are now bottom with only a single point from their eight games. They lost 4-2 away at West Brom, which was their sixth, sixth straight defeat for Huddersfield after being relegated. Um, Stoke moved off the bottom with a point. They drew 0-0, 0-0, 0-0. Let me start that again. Stoke moved off the bottom with a point in a nil-nil draw. Zero-zero. I've got an American. So they anyway, they drew nil-nil away at Brentford. Uh, so they've now got a total of two points uh, and it stopped a run of four league defeats. Barnsley, they occupy the final relegation place. They fell to their fourth defeat in the last five, going down one-nil away to Nottingham Forest. Uh, now into League One. Ipswich, they remain two points clear at the top after a 1-0 win away at Gillingham. That was their fourth win in the last five. Coventry, they sit in second. They didn't play at the weekend. Uh, so Wickham are now in third and level on points with Coventry in second. Wickham beat Portsmouth 1-0. Fleetwood in fourth beat Rochdale and Sunderland and Blackpool complete the playoffs places in fifth and sixth and both got a point in draws at the weekend. At the bottom, Bolton remain bottom, but they are on a negative nine now. So things are looking up for them slightly. Uh, they drew one all against Sunderland at the weekend, which was their second draw in a row. Um, Wimbledon, they're second to bottom. They're in 23rd after another defeat going down 3-1 at home to Bristol Rovers. Southend are in the final relegation place, but managed their first win of the season, taking all three points in a 1-0 win away at MK Dons. So, on to League 2, Chris. Yep, so leaders Exeter were held to a one all draw with Newport, uh, whilst Crewe have moved up to second after a big win at home to Salford. That one ended 4-1. Uh, Crewe were actually 1-0 down at half-time in that one. Uh, Cheltenham have moved into third after an impressive way win against Plymouth. They won 2-0. Swindon are fourth. They beat Cambridge by a goal to nil. Or a goal to zero, as, uh, as Richard said. <laughs> zero, Green, zero. <laughs> Forest Green were held to struggling Stevenage. Nil, nil. Forest Green ending the game with 10 men. Bradford have also moved up after a 3-1 win against Carlisle. Uh, both teams ending the game with 10 men in that one as well. And Newport have moved down and hold the last playoff place after they drew with Exeter. Uh, Stevenage remained rooted to the bottom after their draw. Uh, that was nil nil against Forest Green. Uh, they still have yet to win a game, uh, but are only one point behind fellow strugglers Scunthorpe. Uh, so now we've got uh, the Yeovil watch. Uh, so another great win for Yeovil at the weekend. Uh, they came up against Solihull Moors. Uh, the game ended 1-0 with the goal coming from Wilkinson. Um, now he actually ended up going in goal. 
for the end of the game. Uh, the keeper got injured. They've used all the subs. Uh, so Wilkerson went in in goal and actually made a really, really good save to to, um, to keep all three points. Uh, so, yeah, scoring a goal and uh, making a, a really good save. It was in the 96th minute. That's five wins on the bounce now. That's the first time that they've won five in a row since 2013. Um, they do remain fourth in the league, but are you know looking looking really good at the moment. And the takeover is now complete, uh, so that's all done. So that's a good positive as well. Um, they are they are actually playing all the shot tonight and are actually winning again. So the two one up at the moment um, and Woking above them are losing. So they will be level on points if if the uh, scores stay the same. As a big game. At the weekend, they're playing topside Bromley at the weekend. So, hopefully, fingers crossed. They're on fire. They are on fire. I I can't remember actually seeing this many wins. This this will be the, like like I said, that's five wins in a row. The last time they did that, that was on their way to securing a playoff place in League One. And that was the year that they went up into the championship. So... That's how it's long ago it was. It's because we're following them, Chris. That's what it is. It didn't work last season. But no, but maybe. it is working this season. <laughs> but we've got to we've got to take the credit. We're certainly not taking cre- the the blame for them being relegated, but no, we'll certainly take no. the credit for them being promoted. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm just looking at the stats for the Spurs game. Seventy five percent. No, it's nil-nil. And you know I'm not one for, for stats, but 75% possession, 12 attempts on goal to Colchester's nil. Zero. Zero, I'm going to say. So out of the 12 goal attempts, guess how many have been on target? Uh, one. Yeah, correct. Mm. Unbelievable. It's because you've got power up front, mate. It, he's he's a decent player. Anyway, uh, we're going to um, we're going to move on to predictions. So just to take a quick look back at the weekend, so we have a new leader. So um, Adam literally went from zero to hero because he got zero in last year's competition. Uh, now with a stunning score of twenty six, that is going to be difficult to to. Yep, so that ties with your highest score this week. Obviously, yours is an average, so yours doesn't count um, as a one-off score. So, yeah, 26, so he's now seven ahead of Liam. All right, I'm thinking we're back in, we're back to exactly the same score again. Yeah, (laughs) and if you remember last year, we were like 0.25 of a point away from each other. Um, Anyone would think we we, we copy each other's scores. Um, But yeah, so predictions challenge. Tom is up this weekend. Um, I should just mention it's Tom's birthday at the weekend. So if he wins predictions, he will win it with our blessing. Um, so yeah, Tom turns 30 on Sunday. What a birthday present that would be! 30, 30 and to get 30 points. There you go. That would be impressive. Yeah, so happy birthday, Tom. Um, and good luck in the predictions. Um, so coming to the end of this, this week's episode, we've still got a few bits to go through. So for the FA Cup feature, um, unfortunately, Runcorn Town didn't, didn't manage quite. to get past yeah. Farsley Celtic at the weekend, going down 3-1. Um, 
just uh, I guess to put some context on it, I think there was, if I'm right in saying there's three divisions between the two sides and something like 60, 69, 70 places. So I they guess did get Corn... back in the game. They were one down and they managed to get it back to one all. So yes. Uh, so we, we followed it with interest over the weekend. Obviously, there was a lot of build up um, through the f- through the actual club on social media. So there was a lot of posts on Facebook and on Instagram, and I, I believe there was as well on Twitter, Chris. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a shame that that, that Runcorn went out because they they were the team that uh, selected by us and. To be fair, they the, the the I think the club were quite good, really. They so we got a bit of uptake um, on social media with um, with some followers from from the club, and uh, I know we got a, a pretty decent review from your mate Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had some we had some nice words said about the podcast. It was good to see, and I think we've. You know, we've ta- we've taken on another team there as well. I think, <laughs> as yeah. well as Yeovil. Or speaking of Yeovil, I've actually just scored again. It's three-one now. Come on, Yeovil. Um, but yeah, so I think that obviously w- w- the whole idea with the feature was to was to then take on on the team that won the tie and so on. So from the third qualifying round, we will be doing something similar uh, around Farsley Celtic. Uh, so the I think the next round is the fourth or fifth of October. Yeah. Um, the draw has been made to their home to Southport, uh, but we're not we're not going to just move on from Runcorn. So so we will. Well, I think we'll we'll keep up to date with them. Well, they were supposed we... to be, yeah. They were supposed to be playing tonight, weren't they? And we we had our eyes on it, but they've uh, the match was a um, was called off before the the start. So. But I wouldn't uh, and and so. For our listeners, I'd, I'd encourage you, if you if you can, to go on to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and follow the club. Um, so we've got a little bit on our website as well, which is uh, linked to the FA Cup journey with the run with Runcorn in that match. So we've got we've got a link to the match report on there and just some details about it. But for, from the third qualifying round, we will, we will be looking at Farsley, but we, we won't be forgetting about Runcorn. Uh, so yeah, um, disappointing loss, but um, I guess that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, so Chris, the wonders of white. Here we go. Here we go. Would you, the would you like to? Um... Yep. So um, David Silva's fifty-two second, um, fifty-two second goal this weekend is the fastest goal in the Premier League so far this season. Uh, this weekend saw Bournemouth win their first ever game away at Southampton after failing in 16 attempts before. Well, that's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. This is the first time since 1959 that Watford have conceded eight goals in a game. And that that the team that beat them last time scoring eight goals was Crystal Palace. And this one is, I've gone a bit continental on this next one. We're we're heading over to Spain for the last one. Uh, So Ibar have set a new La Liga record at the weekend. They had 18 shots on target away from home against Levante and they didn't score a single goal. Did it finish 0-0? No, they lost the game. (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, an old football, I'm going to, I'm going to reminisce now, an old football manager told me once that if a team ever has 10 or more shots on target, they will never lose a match. That's, so I've lived like 20 years of my life believing that until you've just smashed it with I'll that double, stat, Chris. Double check. But... So, so please make sure you're right because is, my is old this... football manager, John, he, he, he lied. He lied to me all I those thought, years ago. I thought it was a professional manager. Oh, no, they did. They drew nil-nil. They drew, they oh, there you go. There you go. Well, they didn't uh, lose. But yeah, but they didn't. That is a new La Liga. I believe the previous record was 14 Shots on target. Did the, did the other keeper get mad of the match? He must have done. Well, I, I, I... Uh, yes. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I forgot. Not not to ask questions about the stats. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask questions <laughs> about stats. Uh, You're not uh, that let's well say did. Let, yeah, let's. Well, I'm going to give it to him anyway. There you go. He's he, got the view from the sideline. Yeah, podcast the, man of the, the match. The wonders of white man of the match. There you go. Look. Right. Are you going to fly out and present it to him? Uh, is the podcast going to pay for me to go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Pete's taken all our budget. <laughs> okay. So, talking to Pete, we're good at these uh, segues. Uh, so we we better go back to the teaser. Oh, God. So um, Man how, many City. Teams, <laughs> how many teams with the word City in their name have played in the Premier League? Man City. So, yeah, so I've got Man City, Norwich City, Norwich. Bradford City, Bradford. Leicester City. I'm out. Um, Swansea? Swansea City? Swansea. I'm going to write these down so that it we've got a number. So who's in there at the moment that's City? Um, Leicester. We've got them. We've got Leicester, we've got we've got Leicester, yeah. Norwich, and Man City. Right. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to go down the leagues, aren't we? Um, so unprepared for this one, Pete. I bet there's loads. There probably is um, loads. Um, Birmingham. Birmingham, good one. Uh, I think there's. Only, I don't think there's many in. I don't think there's many in the Premier League at the moment. The, the, the city. Oh, we just mentioned one. Stoke. Stoke, yeah. Stoke City. We're gonna have to. Oh. We're gonna have to admit defeat at some Seven point. Seven eight. Uh, well, what have we got? One, two, three, four. So we've got Leicester, Bradford, Norwich, Man City, Swansea, Birmingham, Stoke. So seven. Do we just add a couple in? I think we should go with what we've got. Let's go with seven. Okay, so we are saying seven. Final answer of seven. Okay, right, I'll go through them now. So we've got Birmingham, Bradford, Cardiff. Nope. Coventry. Nope. Hull. Oh, my days. Leicester. (laughs) Got them. Manchester City. Got them. Norwich. Got them. Stoke. Yep. Swansea. Yep. That's it. Te- is that- oh. Ten. Cardiff, Coventry and Hull. 
When were the last time Coventry were in the Premier League? Uh, Coventry were last in the Premier League. In... Oh, you've got that stat, but you haven't got the match of the match in your... I've got it right in front of me in... now, haven't I? It's oh, 2001. Right, okay. 2001. Okay, so 4-2, we're down. Pete's crawling. He's easy. got us. He's, he's got us on the ropes. He's got us. So uh, we will add that teaser to the website. So... Um... What, what didn't we get? Cardiff, Hull, and Coventry. Coventry. Okay, so there's ten. Right. Okay. Um, so just just to recap, that that's the end of this week's podcast, I think, Chris. So, yes. oh no, you've got an announcement to make about next week. But okay, yeah. Bef- yeah. Be- before we do that, we're just going to go back to to the set piece shirt. So, um, just in case I wasn't clear at the beginning, because I do mumble a bit at the beginning of the podcast. So um, go on to, in, on to Instagram, uh, follow our page, which is View from the Sideline Pod. Also go on and follow Set Piece Shirts. Um, once you've done both, you'll be entered into the draw. We will be putting pictures of the shirt online in the next couple of days. And then there'll also be another chance to, if you don't enter at the moment, there'll be another chance once it's online for you to enter. So so retro reproduction um in rush number nine shirt from uh who, who doesn't want that shirt i want that it's shirt. a nice shirt yeah. it is actually a really nice shirt um so it's an xl but a small x so if you're a large it will fit fine so it's a liverpool 1982 yellow crown paints kit it's a not really nice shirt um so yeah if you want to if you want to get a chance of winning that go on and like both the pages on instagram and uh then we will draw the winner at random. Um, so, yeah, over to you, Chris, for the announcement for next okay, week. Okay, yeah, so uh, next week we actually have someone joining us next week. We have a, a, a special guest. Check um, us out. Kind of coming into the Invisible Studio and having a chat with us. Uh, it's um, Liam. Um, he is a Aston Villa fan, so we are going to be talking all things Aston Villa with a, a little segment with him. Um, and yeah, and I believe Rich is also going to do a quiz. Which, I uh, am. I've got, gonna I'm going to, I'm going to so, put my uh, Pete quiz hat on. So yeah, something uh, a little bit, a little bit different. Um, so it's the first time that we've um, actually done this. So yeah. So hopefully you, fingers uh, crossed. you all enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I know Liam is excited to be coming on. So, uh, like I said, he's an Aston Villa fan, so I'm sure he's got a lot to say about how he thinks they're doing um, at the moment. Okay, uh, so we'll end it there. Spurs are still zero zero. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you now that they'll go out on penalties. I'm gonna, you I'm think? gonna, yeah, because that's just the way it's going at the moment. Um, Saints still to tune up on Portsmouth in the South Coast Derby. So yeah, we'll leave it there. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget if you want to be with a chance of winning the Liverpool shirt, go on to Instagram, uh, and we'll speak to you next week. See you later.